It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, and we're having important conversations about issues that you should be aware of. And uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. Thrilled to have in studio with me a couple of guest chicks, Patty Kurgan and Jan Cook. Patty, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Kim. It's great to have you. Jan, great to have you Good here. Good morning. Yeah, we, we're going to be talking about something really interesting called the Delphi Technique. And it is a strategy to get John and Jane Q. Public to think that they have contributed, that their voice has mattered on an already predetermined decision that is made. And I, I'm going to start to call this, I've been Delphied. Mm. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, you'll, you will want to, and that's in se- uh, segments three and four. So thank you, first of all, to the great team, to Zach and to Patty and to Steve and to Keith. And Patty Kurgan, you are the Patty that is part of this team that's working on all this great research. I, I tell you, Steve, and I, we so appreciate it. And St- Steve, you are so funny. <laughs> you go, this is the Patty. <laughs> day after day, we get, you know, she sends in her information. And like I said, we say it's always much more than we could jam into a one hour show. And then she's actually here. And I'm, uh, oh, yes, nice to meet you, Patty. But I didn't know it was. Yeah, we are going to get the whole team together. It's just everybody has been so busy. But again, thank you to Zach, Patty, Keith, and Steve. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, as we talk about these different issues, they seem complicated, but you can bring them down to freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And we must remember that socialism is force. (laughs) There are some young kids that think socialism is social. But Mm -hmm. socialism is force, and they're trying to make kids think that it's social. So when they're forcing them, they don't really realize it. But that's the real question. And uh, it's never compassionate to take others' rights, property, private property, or freedom via force, whether with with weapon, uh, policy, overtaxation. It's never compassionate to do that. And a frequent guest, young millennial Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., has us ask three questions when we are dissecting these issues. And when we're talking to someone, do you have any skin in the game? Are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? You felt good, but did you do good? Mm -hmm. And we are seeing the socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And uh, Patty and Jan, one of the ways that that we're seeing this is through, quote-unquote, public meetings where they have used the Delphi technique. And that is why this is such an important show. Uh, so uh, a couple, another great chick is Lynn Spence, who is the host of our Tapas and Topics out in southwest Jefferson County. And she's always stepping up to do something. And so she has actually arranged to be in front of a new coffee shop, which is out at Kipling and Bellevue. It's 5035 South Kipling Parkway. 
and it's called Ground Up Coffee Cafe. She'll be there this Saturday from 9 to 11, and you can drop by and sign the National Popular Vote Petition, which will bring that particular question to the people of Colorado. And the, the real question is, do we, the people of Colorado, want to give away our vote and our voice to the big population centers like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, or New York, or do, you, do we want Colorado's voices to count for Coloradans. That's right. And this is Jan. Uh, this is a heavy push right now because we're really coming towards the tail end of collecting the signatures. They've had great momentum. Uh, they've been co- people all over the state have been collecting these signatures, but we really really need you if you haven't already signed the petition. Go out and see our friend Lynn Spence at Ground Up Coffee Cafe this weekend and also check out Colorado Vote. That's Coloradan, R-A-D-A-N, vote.org for other locations. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks, what can I do? Can I do something? This is just a little teeny tiny thing. Yeah. Just give your autograph on that. And the other thing is, is thank you to you listeners out there. I love hearing from you. Check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. Uh, you can send me a message at AmeriChicks.com forward slash Kim. But thank you for listening. Each of you, are, you're valued and you are treasured. And I greatly appreciate you. And so, also your Facebook page. That's really hopping. Zach's got that going with articles. <laughs> Can you believe and, that? <laughs> yeah. So I, I always check out the Facebook page as well. Like your Facebook page because you've always got timely articles, podcasts from the show up. So for Thanks, Facebookers. Jen. And I didn't even ask you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For our inspiration today. Here we go. Uh, And I think this is going to be appropriate, ladies, as we talk about the Delphi technique. Winston Churchill, he said, speak your mind even if your voice shakes. That is, speak your mind even if your voice shakes. And that's Winston Churchill. Now, for our funnies, you know, I've been going through a number of these uh, different laws out there that are just crazy. Um, Because I was thinking, I was getting such grief from Steve about my jokes. But guess what? Somebody said they liked my jokes. So we're bringing them back, Steve. Somebody. That's pretty hard to define. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Ah, Somebody in Kansas. Okay, I get it. This is from a a site. It's called Joker Z. And I thought I'd do some things about meetings since we're going to be talking about the Delphi technique. So number one. Rome did not create a great empire by having meetings. They did it by killing all those who opposed them. (laughs) Number two, if you stay calm while all around you is chaos, then you probably haven't completely understood the seriousness of the situation. (laughs) Number three, doing a job right the first time gets the job done, but doing the job wrong 14 times gives you job security. security. So maybe we'll just give a, a, a quick little nod to one of the headlines that uh, Patty had on here with that little joke. The new DIA terminal schedule warns of a potential 38-month delay. So that means there's a 38-month job security for all those That's people right. out there, right? There. <laughs> exactly. Okay, first thing, serious. Before you go to there, let me think, this is the opportunity for the... Uh, news junkies and the really investigative people one of the issues out there in the great hall is the quality of the concrete now concrete that's 25 years old already so let's go back 25 years and find out what was going on we re- i remember concrete issues on the runways 
but mm-hmm. not concrete issues in the terminal itself. So I, I see a, some kind of a scandal going down here. And, uh, you know, the, the media is kind of hush-hush about this. So I don't want to divert us here and now, but uh, yeah. something to think about. Okay, we will uh, we'll think about that. But in speaking how things can actually get off kilter, uh, we had found, uh, actually, Patty, you'd found this soundbite, I think, of uh, Candy, I think it's Sidabaka, who is the uh, new councilwoman. She actually up, um, upended, upseated Albus Brooks, I believe, who'd been District on nine. You know, city council for a long time. And if you live in Denver, and those of us in Colorado, man, we should be really concerned about it. But this is right from, from her lips. This was uh, during a debate uh, sometime during the election. And let's hear that. What experience do you have on shaping the economy of the city and not turning Denver into a true welfare state where there's limited potential for personal wealth and savings? Well, I guess... We'll just address the elephant in the room. I, I don't believe that our current economic system actually works. Um, capitalism by design is extractive, and in order to generate profit in a capitalist system, something has to be exploited. That's land, labor, or resources. And I think that we're in late-phase capitalism, and we know it doesn't work, and we've got to move into something new. And I believe in community ownership of land, labor, resources, and distribution of those resources. And so oh whatever that morphs into, I think, is what will serve community the best. And I'm excited to usher it in mm. by any means necessary. Uh, ladies, Patty, I'm going to go to you first. Whenever you hear politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties say the word community, you cannot have community and individual. And uh, I think that uh, whether or not you are one of the elites that live in Denver in a big house... You better be careful because Candy Sidabaka might have people moving in with you. It might take care of the homeless problem right there in in, uh, Denver. So I think people need to kind of start to think twice about this. Patty, what do you think? Absolutely. When I hear the word community, it just sends shivers up my spine. I'm a big believer in capitalism and personal property. We have to hold ourselves accountable and strive to be the best that we can. The opportunities out there, I have many members of my family uh, including my dad. He was sort of like my mentor, where he had nothing as a child growing up, and he built his own business by himself. And So, Patty, did he do that via extracting uh, things from people, or how would you respond to Candy Sidabaka on that? He, he did it by hard labor. He put in 16, 17 hours a day. I remember as a little kid, a lot of times you didn't see him until 9 o'clock at night. He'd be getting up at 4 in the morning. Uh, he had great relationships with the people that came on board to work for him. They appreciated it. And in the end, everybody had a good wage, good salary. They were able to have their own homes without him. They would not have had the homes that they had. They worked hard right along with them. And it was really great to see people work so well together. Well, Jan Cook, uh, actually what Patty has just described, I think one of the most compassionate things that one person can give to another is a job. Mm -hmm. However, uh, Candy Sidabaka seems to probably think that it's to give people stuff. And then what happens with socialism and communism 
is instead of lifting people up, you have to bring people down. Uh, so what would be your comment to this whole extraction? Comment? Well, yeah, the whole idea of even calling is saying that we're in late phase capitalism is, you know, she it, what's happening with a lot of these youthful politicians is they are using these social reengineering words that sound interesting, but really they lack substance behind mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And I had tweeted this very soundbite out a few um, back on 6 uh, six, six of, of this month. And I attached uh, a manifesto of the Communist Party by Karl Marx. And the comment is, in this sense, it's a quote, in this sense, the theory of the communists may be summed up in a single sentence, abolition of private property. And basically, that's what she's talking about here. She's talking about this, the community sharing, the, the equality, the, the idea that you said that our youth is looking at everything through the social lens. It's compassionate to be like this. When we actually go back and we look at communism and how much death, destruction, and tearing down of economies and actually creating poor, more poor than more wealth, it's the opposite. And yet, we have Venezuela as a modern-day case study. We have other mo- modern mm-hmm. case studies that absolutely prove this has been epic failure across the board anywhere in the world. It's nice to talk about these things, but the reality is we have evidence they don't work. Well, that's for sure. And I saw, I think it was Charlie Kirk that had a tweet, I think just yesterday. If socialism and communism really, really work... Why don't we have all the caravans trying to get into Venezuela instead of the United States of America? So on that note, we're going to go to break. Can't wait to get to segments three and four to talk with you, two about the Delphi technique. Before we do that, though, hey, Steve, the Rockies took another one from Arizona last night, beating the Diamondbacks 6-4 to four in the third game of the series and a possible sweep of the Snakes is this afternoon at 1.40. So that's pretty great. And then the Rocks move on to the L.A. Dodgers tomorrow and then to the San Francisco Giants on Monday. And ladies, you know, the place to watch all the games is at Hooters. And it's the spot to be this summer. You can enjoy enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. Just a note, you ladies were at my house the other day. I was just going to say, thanks for... I introducing us I didn't to get any of that shrimp. shrimp. They were scrumptious. Okay, well, I guess so, because by the time <laughs> I got to the table, they were gone. And that's the great thing about Hooters is you had, I had it delivered right to the front door. I was scrambling. Yeah. So, you know, I just went on Grubhub, and it delivered right to the front door. But you can stop in, and you can pick it up, or certainly can watch all the games there. And just a note, you know, we have these women's groups, and, um, and I made an announcement Last week about it, and, and some people have indicated some interest, but we have these women's groups called Tapas and Topics. The original was Wine and Tapas, but uh, we have Tapas and Topics. You're going to be starting one, Jan. I'm starting one. It'll be next uh, Thursday, the 27th, and it's from 6 to 8 o'clock. If you're in the Douglas County area and you'd like some information about that, please send me an email, Cook at live, L-I-V-E, dot com. Okay, great. And uh, it's just Women coming together, getting together to talk about important things. You can also get more information for the other ones. Go to com forward slash Kim. We have uh, yours. We have one in southwest Jefferson County, mine in Douglas County. South Denver, Gunnison. 
Northwest Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins. And if you're interested in possibly starting one, let me know as well. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, some more headlines. And then segments three and four, the Delphi Technique with Patty Kirkin and Jan Cook. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues of right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. We're having a conversation about some of the headlines out there. Thrilled to have in studio with me is my guest chicks, Patty Kirkin and Jan Cook. And uh, we'll be talking about the Delphi technique in segments three and four. But I just, I need to make a comment, and if you ladies want to weigh in on this, I I greatly appreciate it. Uh, KDVR had reported that a gay pride flag was on display at the Colorado State Capitol for the first time. It had been hung up and attached to the Colorado State Capitol, and Governor Jared Polis, the nation's first openly gay governor, said, just to see we have a state that celebrates everybody is special. Not only was Polis inaugurated this past January, but also new conversion therapy bans have been put in place as well. Uh, there is a saying, of course, if we stand tall, it's because we stand on the shoulders of giants. I had that first, Patty Kurgan. That's what I, I, that's mine. Exactly. And when I talk about standing on the shoulders of giants, I'm talking about people from the Revolution to the Civil War to World War I, World War II, all of the conflicts that we have been in, where people have been willing to step up and and dedicate blood and treasure to pass on freedom uh, to every <laughs> to the next generation. And so I'm a little frustrated that he he uh, was using my words on that. <laughs> I guess they're not totally my words, but I'm taking them. But but Andrew Claven had a really interesting podcast earlier in the week, and um, and Jen, I think you were alluding to this that the words don't really mean the words. So when you see the radical progressive activists mm-hmm. say tolerant, inclusion, mm-hmm. but actually they're intolerant. And they're exclusive. And they're exclusive. And what Andrew Claven and I'm paraphrasing at least the way I understood it, is that, you know, we're no longer in a live and let live. I think over the years we, we've... We all have um, gay family members. We have, you know, gay friends, uh, individual bases. You know, we care about them deeply. We, we want them to have opportunity as well. But when you start to give women's rights or gay rights or whatever, in essence, then you're taking away equal rights because you're giving people special rights. And you're creating separation. Exactly. Instead of coming together. And just a quick note on that. I can't remember if I mentioned this yesterday on the air, but I was out at DIA. Uh, Of course, they have all the the construction in the Great Hall. 
But I was standing in line at security, and I looked over, and there's this beautiful mural. And it's celebrating all kinds of things in Colorado, you know, industriousness and just all kinds of things. But every person in that mural was black. And I thought, you know, if we're really serious about coming together and uniting, instead of having that just be black, I've seen things that are just Hispanic, you know, how about if we have across the spectrum on that? But these are subtle little things that I think are dividing us. But going back to the gay pride first month, and, and on words, gay used to mean, years ago, happy. Right. You know. But when you see all of these different companies, when I go on my computer, uh, um, Microsoft has uh, a picture of Parliament that is all lit up in rainbow colors. When you see all these businesses with the rainbow colors, in a way I feel like it's a capitulation because... Instead, what, what has happened with the, the, the movement is if you don't affirm who we are, that's right. then we are going to use the power of rules, regulations, and laws, and we're going to take your business away. And that's not inclusive, and that's not American. You know, I heard today that uh, the police officers participated in, in the uh, Pride Parade, and they were holding a rainbow flag up uh, between them. And I don't know if, again, I've heard some groups are getting upset and they want to have straight parades and people think that's a horrible thing. How dare you want to have a straight parade? And then can you imagine the police officers holding up a straight uh, parade Mm -hmm. flag, flag, heterosexual flag? Mm -hmm. It wouldn't go over well. And I think that our politicians really should remain neutral in all categories as much as possible and be more inclusive. I do understand that uh, Governor Polis is gay. He has a sense of this is a a pride thing for him to be a governor, to be gay. They they lead with that. And that's what's disturbing in a way and, and sort of sad. I have a sadness for them in that they're more than just their genitalia and their sexual persuasion. You don't go into a meeting and say, hi, I'm Jan, I'm heterosexual, and uh, I'm it's interested like in law my, and art. And You, you don't lead business. with your sexuality yeah. and your sexual preferences. And so I think they have placed themselves in a box, and, uh, and it's becoming more and more prevalent in all of their messaging. So, Patty, any comments on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you about how they're separating everybody. In the business world, I want people to just look at me. And what kind of value I bring to them. Whether or not you're a woman, a man, whatever exactly. descriptor it might I be. I don't care. I just want them, what are the needs that you are looking for? Do I fulfill those needs and I, am I the best person to be there? And that's what I think we really need to get back to. And it doesn't matter if I'm a woman, if I'm black, Hispanic, whatever. Really, you have to look at the talent and the value of the individual person and if that fits your needs, then that's where you go. And what that does, Patty, then, is that encourages everyone to strive for excellence. Exactly. And then that means that the business or, you know, the entity is better. Because instead of people, and, and there's something inherently, I was at a meeting one time, and uh, there was a woman behind me that was black. I think they were talking about, inclu- you know, this inclusion and tolerance and all that. And she held her hand up and she said, I got a scholarship to a prestigious university, and I got it because I earned it. Mm-hmm. But I'm black, and I could tell that people looked at me that I was there not because I earned it, 
but because of the color of my skin. And she said it was so frustrating. And so I think we do people a disservice. And so to to use the the rainbow flag and it is is it's a coercion mm-hmm. you know and and we've we've seen it if you do not uh, for in the case of Jack Phillips you know if you do not reaffirm that we have redefined the word marriage right then we are going to use the power of policy to take away your business my friends if you are celebrating that you you might want to think twice about that because they may be going after Jack Phillips today, but there may be another word at some other point in time in the future that you can affirm. And if government can go after Jack Phillips, they can go after with after you. So quick thought, Jan. And keep in mind, this is the over-sexualization of our society. That's what's really at key here. We have decided that we're going to define you by your sexual preferences. That's another of who, form of... of Groupthink, and also a form of discrimination. It's we've got to take back and reframe this. Totally agree on that. And so, I am troubled, particularly when I saw my this picture of Parliament on my computer, all lit up in rainbow colors. And uh, <laughs> and Jason McBride's on the line. He said, "Why is it that you only have a birthday and there's Gay Pride Month? <laughs> Were you whining about that, Jason?" Well, it's actually why do we only have Veterans Day and oh, Gay Pride Month? But sorry. yeah, my birthday is really important too. <laughs> sorry, you're right. You asked about Veterans Day. Sorry, Jason. I was that, I was on a roll. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are yeah. You're being so silly. You forgot. Yeah, that's for sure. So, but hey, let's get serious. We talked a little bit about um, interest rates yesterday. So yeah. what happened? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody's sure. The Fed uh, left the interest rates unchanged, but they said they're changing their uh, their stance to be, I guess, more accommodative if they need to. Um, but there's so much conflicting rhetoric, uh, Kim, it'll make your head spin. So they, they left the rates unchanged. Powell said there would be no further cuts in 2019. However, the market disagrees. The futures indicate about an 84% chance of a cut at the July meeting. Get this, a 100% chance of a rate cut in September, and then a chance of yet a third cut by year end. So then Powell also, and he's done this before, Kim, and it drives me crazy. He said, well, you know, we've got one cut on the table for 2020, and then one hike for 2021. And I, I can't, why are you making such specific predictions? And it's like, what well, is your name Jerome Nostradamus, or is it <laughs> Jerome, Jerome Powell? Because how can anyone possibly know what the economy is going to be doing that specifically to say what they're going to do? You know, Jason, that's, that's actually, I think, I find that a, a bit disturbing because how on earth can you like you say, make that prediction. You don't have any idea about what's going to be happening on the geopolitical spectrum. I mean, that's kind of crazy on his part. Well, and he should have learned his lesson. I mean, uh, you know, just a year ago or so, he was he was saying that the end to the rise or hiking interest rates was nowhere in sight. And I think that's, that's what uh, got Trump hot under the collar. I mean, he raised interest rates a few times. Right. I don't think uh, where we're at now is too bad, but when he was saying there was no end to it in sight, that really got the, the market yeah. worried and the economy worried. And 
uh, business is worried and everything else, and then all of a sudden he reverses course. So I think he should have learned his lesson the first time about making predictions, you know, a year or two in advance. Right. He can always go into being a weather person as well and try to predict the weather, right? So, well, I think that's easier. <laughs> hey, one other thing. You know, we are seeing something uh, in Colorado. They are ramping up to actually get rid of Tabor. We uh, had mentioned the other day regarding the uh, title board, the titling board here in Colorado had had uh, had denied uh, this to be on the ballot because um, because of the title, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it went to the Supreme Court in Colorado, and they said, oh, yes, it can be on. So there's possibly going to be a full repeal question of Tabor. But right now, I think one of the things that that has been good for the Colorado economy is our low um, income tax rates. What do you think? Well, I think, you know, uh, judging by what they did with the energy, why bother to put it on the ballot anyway? Uh, If we vote (laughs) no, we don't want them to get rid of it. They'll just say, well, we're smarter than them, and and they'll do it anyway. But... uh, you're right. We've been very, very fortunate so far. If you look at Colorado, uh, number one, our personal property tax rates are very, very low. Uh, as far as our median home price, it's kind of in the middle, so our personal property taxes aren't bad. And our state income tax is not that bad either, Kim. Uh, you know, our state income tax is about 4.63%. That's, uh, I think that ranks us uh, where are, oh, I didn't do just the state income tax, but when you look at the property and state income tax combined, uh, we're still, you know, the 12th, the best in the nation. And if we don't watch out, we're going to end up like some of these other states. Right. So I'll ask you, how'd you like to live in California where they have a top, uh, income and property tax rate of 14%? Well, if you're really uh, raking in the bucks out there, which in California almost have to just to survive, you could be paying like a 37% federal rate. Here goes another 13% of state rate. I mean, you do the math. That's half of your money that just went to one government or another. Wow. Well, we need to really protect Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And uh, so we're going to be out on this early here on the show because that is one of the reasons why I think that Colorado has been able to thrive and prosper as is the fact that we have these low-income tax rates. So thanks for doing the study on that. You know, Jason, you you guys, you and your team over at uh, Presidential Wealth Management will sit down and help people with their own personal economies. That's where it really matters is your personal economy. And so if people want more information, check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And then you have these great podcasts and all kinds of super information there. That's right. Or just give us a call the old school way, 303-694-1600. That's 303-694-1600. Jason McBride, thank you so much. We're going to go to break. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great show, Kim. Okay. And Patty and Jan, I cannot wait to get your read on the Delphi Technique uh, because I walked out of meetings. I'm like, what just happened? And I realized I've been Delphied. So we'll go to break. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. 
Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Auto Fire Guard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution and sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. Kim Munson looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of everything that's coming up. And uh, this Saturday morning, 9 to 11, drop by, let's see, where do I have it? There we go. Uh, It is Ground Up Coffee Cafe. Say hi to Lynn Spence. She's going to be there from 9 to 11. And you can sign the National Popular Vote uh, petition there, as well as go to coloradovote.org. Jim Takeda has a lot of information there, as well as I think that's the official for the whole state, where you can find out where you can go and sign the national popular vote uh, petition. So, I, you know, being this was years ago. It's like, oh, I need to become an involved citizen. And RTD was having these different meetings regarding. Oh, like the Southeast Light Rail Extension, a whole variety of things. This was before I got on city council. And so I go to a meeting, and there's not very many people there. You know, they, and they have a lot of meetings. So that then they can say, we had all these meetings. There's not many people there. But I got into the meeting, and I'm like, what just happened? I don't think they really wanted to hear my voice. Uh, I feel like they already had a predetermined decision. What, what just happened? And it was, and then when I got on city council, again, I would kind of see, I thought that they wanted my opinion, but I don't think they did. And what, and what just happened? Well, I realized there's something called the Delphi technique. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, it is a way to actually make John and JQ public think that their voices mattered, but in essence, their voices have been manipulated to a predetermined outcome. And, you know, people are busy out there, and they're trying to do their duty. But I thought this was a representative government and that that they would take our input. But this whole Delphi thing has been used, I think, on a regular basis. So, Patty, what's your thoughts on this? I agree. I hadn't heard of the Delphi technique until about a year ago. And it made me think of another meeting that I was at about three, four years ago. And... I had the same experience that you did. When I walked out, I'm like, oh, they were smooth. Because I could see how they were getting people who really stood at the beginning of the meeting anyways on issue A very strongly. And by the end of the evening, they had moved them where people were actually saying the exact opposite of what they were saying, you know, three hours prior. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out about the Delphi technique, I'm like, oh, wow. This is exactly what happened. So, you know, again, it was come on out, come on into this community meeting. This is what we want to talk about. And usually you think, okay, so you're all going to be sitting in rows of chairs. Well, it was round tables. There were about 10 people at every table. And they had a facilitator there. 
And in the beginning, it's like, well, we want to bring consensus. We're, we want your opinion. And in the end, we're hoping that we can all come to mm-hmm. a resolution that we all agree upon. Mm-hmm. And so the, the facilitator gave his spiel. And it was interesting because there were people moving around the room, and you could tell that they were looking at us. And I believe, at my table anyways, there was definitely a, for lack of a better term, a plant. And that person was to make sure that our table moved into the predetermined conclusion. And that's exactly what happened. And as people were voicing their opinion, this one particular person was, well, did you ever think of this, and don't you think we could you know, change things a little bit. So we're really not moving the policy. We're just enhancing it to be more up to date with what was going on. And this was an, they had the facilitator at the beginning. Then we had maybe five, 10 or um, five to 15 minutes, different times to talk within the the group of 10. And then at the end, they brought everybody back again. And so it's just exactly what it is. There's a predetermined conclusion. They want consensus they, they know how to do it by having a very strong person at each table. And you walk out and you're like, how did you get from A to C? There were a few people at the end who still stayed at their very base. I was one of them. But a lot of people had moved. And it was just fascinating to see how it happened. Jan, how about you? What well, was, what's been your experience with the Delphi technique? Well, a couple things I just wanted to say about this uh, for the listeners. Think of it this way. It's a systematic process. It's, a, it's scientific manipulation for, to garner public opinion that you feel you have an invested interest in through that process. And so then they take that data from the process that that Patty just described and they use it almost as if it's uh, data-driven, that it's reliable, that it's a cross-section of the citizens that were engaged and involved. So they not only manipulate you while you're in the process of gathering that data, then they take that out into the public arena and use it for advertising, news news reports, and the whole process. So, But we also have to go back to, whenever you're in this, who has skin in the game? So let's go back to those three uh, pieces. Who's backing it? And are the facilitators, are they backing the wishes or needs or desires, whether it's the government entity, whether it's a corporation, to, to come up with that? result that that group is looking for. So you want to look at who's the financial backers of that and what, what's their skin in the game mm-hmm. for a pre, this, whatever this predetermined um, outcome is. Why don't we use an example? So you talked about Tabor, for example, the Taxpayer Bill of um, uh, Rights. Okay. So let's just say that there's some Tabor initiatives that, that might come up. Okay. You're going to have people both pro and con okay. on that side that could be potentially manipulating that data. And so look at it from a public policy standpoint. What's your hot button? Was it the sex ed bill if they were doing uh, certain uh, Delphi techniques to drive a certain technique that parents would say, overwhelmingly, 87% of the parents that went through our process wanted this uh, might type of policy. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the danger in this process. So who has skin in the game? 
And that will and why are why are they walking us down this predetermined um, outcome that they want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw this and as I look back now when I was on city council. Steve, you may want to to weigh in on this. Um, one of the things that uh, that had been a question, and that was to get a pedestrian bridge across Lincoln down in Lone Tree, and uh, so. Instead of the question was whether or not we were going to have one or not have one, there was no utilization study that was done. It was then kind of predetermined by, I I, I would say, the mayor that we're going to do this. And so he brings in city council, I remember, and, and they went out and they hired... That one of the top architects, and that you know they have all the different little plans. So we have three different little models here. So it's not whether or not are we going to have a, a, a pedestrian bridge or not. It's which one do you want? Yes. And uh, so then instead of going, wait a minute, I didn't, I don't want to spend seven million dollars on a pedestrian bridge. They kind of have already negated that particular voice because now you're going, oh, I, I like this one better than that one. And I thought. I have just been Delphi'd, and I didn't even know it. And so I did vote against that $7 million bridge. I have, uh, I've actually never seen anybody crossing it. Uh, many people have called it the bridge to, be- to breakfast so that people on one side of the, the uh, Lincoln can walk over that pedestrian bridge on Saturday mornings to a breakfast place on the other side. But uh, there was no utilization study that was done. They wanted it. They were going to figure out how to do it. And I think I'd been Delphi'd. Steve, do you have any comments? Because you live kind of close to me. I, I'm, the first thought that comes to mind is being the troublemaker that I am. Since there's a Starbucks close by, I would volunteer to go there and uh, camp out on the uh, outdoor patio and do a, a user study mm-hmm. just to see how many people cause it. Now, on the other side of the corn, though, when I first heard that it was going in and what they were doing, Knowing that there's an elementary school just to the north, uh-huh. you know, Lincoln is crazy, in the, especially in rush hour. All right, I said, well, this is common sense. Because of that elementary school, lots of kids crossing Lincoln. But until you put out the little breakdown of that $7 million and who paid it, I mean, I was just aghast. And especially the well, lovely and- artwork. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, and, and to that point, actually, there's not that many kids that are walking to school on the south side of of, of Lincoln. Um, you Especially know, across when there's, that. there's a senior center to, on the south side. So how many elementary school kids are coming out of that particular area? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to tell that story or not. I'm going to think about whether or not I'm going to tell that story because it was it was pretty brilliant. Um I'll ask the girls during break. <laughs> I was going to say, you think about it. And, and to your point about how they had the predetermined three bridges, Yeah, what they do in these meetings is they have predetermined questions that go up on the board and they'll give you clickers. And sometimes your answers won't be up there. And I, at this meeting a couple of years back, somebody even raised their hand and said, well, my answer's not up there. And they go, well, pick the, pick the closest one. Oh, so you couldn't get yeah. your answer. Right. You had exactly. to choose one you of their don't pre- answer, right. right? But they still can say 87% agreed with the popular answer, even though you didn't even vote. Or they might even say 80% of the people that answered the question. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, when we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about, so what do you do? Okay, so this is the process. 
So what can people do? Okay, sounds great. Uh, so this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks in studio, two guest chicks, and that is Jan Cook and Patty Kirk. And we're talking about the Delphi technique, and uh, it is fascinating. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 14th through Thursday, June 20th, features will include Aladdin, Dark Phoenix, and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88 drivein.net you get more out of life when you go out to a movie Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left agree or disagree Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me, guest chicks, Patty Kurgan and Jan Cook. We're talking about something called the Delphi Technique. It's been used uh, in government, I think, to get John, well, I would say politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties to get John and Jane Q. public to get to, to agree to some predetermined outcome. And uh, the first time that I had been Delphied, I'm like, what just happened? I walked in, and um, I think I agreed to something that I didn't even think I agreed to. So it's very, very effective. And uh, we'll have additional information. You're going to have some, Jan. I'm sure Zach will get some out on Facebook as well on the AmeriChicks. And be sure and sign up for uh, all of my information at AmeriChicks.com. But, Jan, what do you think, people? I'm going to go to you first, and then, Patty, I'm going to go to you. What can people do when they are in a meeting Mm -hmm. and they're like, wait a minute, I think I heard about this on the AmeriChicks. This is happening. What should I do? Well, when they when they actually go to your website and get the information on the the Delphi technique, what they'll find is there are very some very simple rules that they offer, such as uh, try not to uh, be overly aggressive, you know, continue to be persistent about a- asking your questions, and then reframing when the facilitator states what you said and it's completely the opposite of what you said or mm-hmm. not the intent, and hold them accountable to speak up. Uh, the other thing is to recognize, be there to be aware so that you can, after uh, the session occurs and if an outcome does come to fruition, a new policy, a new bridge, um, 
the dismantling of the taxpayer bill of rights that you can bear witness if there's an article in the newspaper or you hear somebody on the radio saying oh 87 percent agreed with this particular question you can be the voice of reason that can share with your neighbors your friends call into that radio station write an op-ed that you participated and share your experiences but here's the key thing we're we're you're bringing this up, Kim, obviously because uh, we've all three of us have experienced this, and we want people to be aware of how public policy is shaped and how often you're being manipulated. And you know, another thing about that that you know, I had Tom Cranawitter on. We've talked about we have moved from a representative government to a administrative government, mm-hmm. and I saw this with the Douglas County School Board. They have all these different committees. And they use these committees very effectively from a Delphi standpoint. They'll say, this committee, so the planning commission recommends, but yet the, the um, politicians have selected the people that's on the planning commission. And many times they'll try to move the planning commission to a specific outcome. And so what you've seen is then they effectively, this commission or this group or this committee has agreed to this. And I think that's another way to use the Delphi technique. Patty, what do you think we should do? I think um, accountability is really the key. We have to hold our policymakers, our legislators, the people who are holding this forum accountable. And one of the key ways that we can do it is to be informed ourselves. There's a lot of people out there who just listen to the sound bites on TV, on the radio, and they really don't look at it. Especially, like, my best example is this past legislative session. A lot of people did not read the bills, and they're just mimicking and repeating what they heard on the radios. And, I, and I'm like, did you read the bill? Because that's not really what it said. Mm-hmm. And and so if you don't read what the policy is or what the bill is, and then you go to one of these forums, they have a real good chance of manipulating you much easier than if you go in informed. So the first thing is to be informed before you even get to the meeting so that you understand what the issue is. And you can ask educated questions. Or if you see somebody else ask a question... To what Jan was saying is a lot of times they don't answer that question because they don't want the public to really understand what that person was asking. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they go off topic, they change it. So you can stand up and say, you know, you never really answered that person's question because I've been reading up on it and I have the same interest and would really like it to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And in these meetings, you should always be respectful. Yes. But it, I find that people get so emotional, either A, if they have an agenda, mm-hmm. or B, if they don't really understand what's going on. If, Patty, to your point, if you've read the bill and you're sitting with someone and you know that, that they may have the agenda, they ha- may have these talking points that they're... And I tell you, that's one of the things on city council is... We would get our packets. And again, I thought this was kind of a Delphi technique. We wouldn't get our packets until Thursday. And uh, then the meetings were on Tuesday. Sometimes they would be like 250 pages long. Sure, that's a t- tactic. And uh, I'm going to give you an example on one other thing. And this is something that I need to research out. Regarding um, the Ridgegate development. You know, this is a big development that is in Lone Tree. And there was a, an agreement for Ridgegate West that was put in. And then, uh, and I haven't really, I need to actually go and read the one for, for Ridgegate East. And the mayor had actually been teeing it up for months 
that we were going to change the change that agreement. And uh, so I kept waiting for the changes because I wanted to read it. I wanted to understand it. So it was the meeting right before Christmas. And um, I hadn't really read the packet. I thought I knew what was happening. And I actually got a call from somebody on staff, and they said, you might want to take a look. That agreement is up for review uh, on, on Tuesday. And I'm thinking, okay, well, normally you would have it presented, and then there would be another set of meetings before you know, there would be a reading, and then there would be a second reading. And he said, and it's going to be approved on first reading. And I'm like, I didn't think that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not really comfortable with this. And so it was basically pushed through on a meeting right before Christmas. There wasn't a second reading on it. And um, so I voted no against it because I saw that as I, it was a technique, I think, that was in part of this whole Delphi thing. Patty, any comment on that? You know, um, one of the news stories that the last couple of days has been down in Douglas County and the STEM school. <sighs> whether or not they're going to get the renewal. And as a charter. As a charter. And they were one of the top high schools in Colorado. Correct. What you reported on mm-hmm. Tuesday, they were ranked number nine in the state. And my understanding is the uh, agenda was not released until Friday night. And so it's another technique. It's another technique. And people were making phone calls over the weekend. You really have to get to this meeting on Tuesday night because they're going to be talking about whether or not it's going to be a one-year renewal or a three-year renewal. And they ended up, they didn't do any kind of uh, decision-making on it. Which is another technique. Which is another technique. Plus, people called, my understanding is on Tuesday, and said, we are starting public comment at 6, correct? That's what you always do? And they said, absolutely. When they got to the meeting, they said, oh, we've decided to delay the comments until until 8. And then the meeting went until 1 in the morning. And the other thing I'd like to say about that, so that's a technique. Stalling is a technique. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bringing information forward at the last minute Mm -hmm. where people don't have time to be educated and to review and to rebut. But the other thing that's so disturbing about that is that parents who I talked to that evening who came over to a different meeting said that they had babysitters they had set up for to be able to get in there and get speak out. and leave. I hear that the meeting went till about one, but these people represent these parents. That it's supposed to be local control, local um, collaboration with the with the school board and parents. And they just took their constituents and said, "I I don't care about what you have it's to so say. I don't care. I don't care about your time, your money." your energy, your children that are waiting for you with their babysitters. It, it was a disgrace. Well, and uh, it's disrespectful to, and I saw it down at the Capitol as well. I, I saw uh, when I was down for the vaccination hearings, uh, um, Lois Court, who was a Democrat, head of the committee, she would, she only, she limited the amount of time for each side to speak. It was equal time. However, there were 500 people on one side that wanted to speak and 30 on the other. How is that honoring people? So, Friends, I think people are waking up to this. Jan, you have about a minute. Well, Final thought the, on this. The key thing, I think, what we're all saying here, we're using a, a number of different examples in how our public officials are manipulating us, whether it's through this uh, Delphi technique, whether it's through the stalling. All of these are ways in which we, the citizens, are being manipulated. And, Kim, what you're just bringing forward is be aware 
uh, don't don't be a stooge in in a way. Be be aware and understand that as a citizen, you you can push back, and you have tools that you can use to be informed, educated, and don't let them get away with it. Well, that's for sure. And Patty, to that, going back to our quote, speak your mind even if your voice shakes. That is what Winston Churchill had to say. What's your final thought? Be informed and be there. And I know it's hard on parents, but one of the spouses has to be there. If you don't show up, then your voice won't be heard. Well, and the frustrating thing about it is these people showed up. They kept until 1 o'clock in the morning. They didn't make a decision. So that means they have to get a babysitter for another meeting. It is... It's disrespectful. It does not respect people's time. And that is one of the great things about private property rights is your time. And when uh, others don't respect other people's time, I think that that means they don't respect them. They don't, are not respecting John and JQ public, everyday regular people. So we wanted to bring this forward because I didn't really know that it had a name until just recently. And hopefully you've learned something on that. And so with that, I think this kind of... Um, goes into what you were saying, Patty. And first of all, thank you, Jan Cook. And thank, thank you. Thank you, Patty Kurgan. Great, Pleasure great information. Patrick Henry, in a speech in the Virginia Convention in 1775, said, The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, and the brave. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.